Good afternoon everybody, hope you're all doing well. Welcome back to another episode of Blockchain and Beyond. As always, I'm your host Farzan. On today's episode, I'm gonna be talking about what I'm calling the future of digital identities. And it's gonna focus on some work that I've actually been doing um, as part of a competition and a piece of work that I've done with a few colleagues of mine. So I'm just gonna jump kind of straight into it. So this is our submission for a Microsoft hosted hackathon called Identity for All. I've attached a little link for it. And our submission actually came in second place. And so today I'm going to go over what our solution was. But first I'm going to break down each individual part because without knowing each individual part, it can be quite hard to understand the full solution and context of, of what's going on. And our team was composed of four of us. We are all work colleagues. We work together in the same company. Uh, we don't necessarily work together on a daily basis, but we have come together to actually create this solution. And it expands on our first place submission for a different hackathon called Decentralized Identity, which was uh, primarily focusing on one of Microsoft's new technology solutions. So a bit more about decentralized identities. If you want a, a lot more context, um, I have an episode on this. It's episode eight, which is dive into DIDS and Microsoft's ION, where I go into a lot more detail about this. But as a sort of general overview, it's a way to create digital identities which store personal information. So digital identities can range from, for example, a Google account or an Apple ID or any account that you create on any website is a digital identity. And decentralized identities are slightly similar in the sense that they can store our personal information. But that's kind of where the similarities sort of end. The big differences come in because it allows us to verify ourselves. So it allows us to log into websites and prove who we are using a decentralized network rather than a specific server. So that is more of kind of, you know, stopping downtime. It means the system is more robust. We're not relying on any single server. We can actually verify ourselves through a network of, you know, many hundreds of nodes, even thousands of nodes, all checking our identities for us. The other big difference is that we can choose which information to share. So when we sign in to our website using our digital identity, they will request certain pieces of information and we can actually, you know, use a checkbox sort of system to say, yep, I want to share this. I don't want to share this, which is, you know, super important. People nowadays are more data conscious and more information conscious, especially about the information that they share online or share to other companies. And it forms a lot of current regulation, you know, in particular, one that comes to mind is GDPR, you know, that's taken a big step in uh, consumer protection of their information. So being able to choose which information we share and not don't share is probably going to be quite important. So that forms the first part of our solution. That is kind of our key core component, which everything else is going to be focused around. So the second part of our solution leverages something called two-factor authentication. And this is when you sign in using multiple methods for a better confidence that you are who you say you are. And a lot of websites already do this, right? So you would sign in and then they would 
So you sign in with like an email and a password or a username and a password, and then they'll send a text to your phone number that, you know, you put the code into the website and then they'll let you in, all right? So that is to make the website more secure. And two-factor authentication or a step ahead, which is multi-factor authentication, kind of focuses around three areas. So it's something that you are, so this usually relies on biometrics because you are yourself, you are your face, your eyes, your fingerprints, something you are and biometrics. The next one is something you have. So the something you have could be a one-time password generator or your mobile phone. So this is where if you get a text from the website you're trying to log on to, that's something you have, right? You have your mobile phone, so that kind of verifies that you are who you say you are. And the third big one is something you know, and this is going to be a password or a security question. So you might see these when logging into your bank account, you, you will have a password, but then you'll also have to answer a security question or have, you know, a specific security code. So using or combining any two of these solutions is what gives us two-factor authentication. And it's a lot more secure than having a single factor or one-factor authentication. And this leads directly into something called passwordless. And this falls into the topic of something you have. Um, so because passwordless is a new way, it effectively gets rid of passwords. So it allows you to log in without having to remember a password. And this is because passwords have this very common problem where they're either very weak, people use basic passwords like password123, and you know you can put controls in to stop people using these passwords but then they just end up using even worse passwords or using passwords which are generally difficult to remember and a lot of workplaces have um, kind of uh, systems in place where you have to change your password every so often every three months or every six months you have to change your password and this is because your old password may have been exposed somewhere in an online leak so to prevent that being a potential risk, you change your password. But passwordless does away with all of that. And the idea is you can authenticate yourself using a separate device than the one you're logging in from. For example, like your mobile phone, right? So on my desktop, I may log into my email and then I may need to use my mobile phone to authenticate myself. And this authentication can be through an app so, for example, the Microsoft Authenticator app will send you a notification to your phone to which you can press accept and it will ask you for your password again. So you accept it on your phone and put in your password and then the website will actually log you in or it will give you a code to enter, right? So there's two-factor authentication codes and there's a lot of applications which support this. There's Google Authenticator, there's Microsoft Authenticator, there's... Um, a lot of other ones. And this code is something which changes every 30 seconds to 60 seconds. So if there's someone who managed to log into your account, it would be very difficult for them to get this one-time password because it changes so frequently to the point where they would literally need your mobile phone as, as well to get in. So passwordless is a new way which is more secure and it does away with having to remember, you know, passwords which People have difficulty remembering, especially when you have different passwords for different websites. It can be become, you know, tiresome to keep track of everything and all of your passwords. Um, so that's kind of like the third part of our of our solution. 
And then the fourth part is something called biometrics. So this is something that you are. And at its very core, it implements something biological. So this can be facial recognition, or it can be a fingerprint, or it can be an iris scan. And we'll, we'll see that facial recognition and fingerprint is actually common on a lot of devices, right? Phones have had fingerprint scanners for years. Phones have had facial recognition for years. And we especially see it with iPhones. Uh, people literally, they hold the phone from their face and it lets them in. You see iris scanners in some places, especially more like high security areas. Um, but you don't see them like commonly around around us. And the reason biometrics are so good is because it's very difficult to imitate, right? So for example, iris or fingerprints, everyone's iris and fingerprint is effectively unique to that person. And same with facial recognition, right? How facial recognition works is it scans your face and it takes measurements of different like parameters, like the distance between your eyes, um, like the internal distance and the external distance, the distance between your nose and your mouth or the width of your nose, the size of your forehead. And this will effectively mean that it's almost unique to every single person. And that creates a quite strong identity of a way of verifying yourself. So to, to bring this all together, we built a use case which kind of does the following. So you register for a service or a website using an email and password and a webcam for your face ID. So it would take a, a few pictures of your face and it would store this information in a decentralized identity or rather a verifiable credential, uh, which is which falls under decentralized identities. And this is something that you store on your mobile phone. So you would store it. In our case, we're leveraging Microsoft's systems. So we would actually use Microsoft Authenticator to store this verifiable credential or did onto our mobile phone. Now, when we come back to this website and we want to sign in, how it works is we will scan a QR code on the website, which will open up the Microsoft Authenticator app on our mobile phone. And we will select the the correct verifiable credential that we want to log in with and this verifiable credential has information about your face id so then the website will once again launch the webcam and take another handful of photos of you and it will use this to compare it to the information that it received from the decentralized identity and if there is a match it will let you in so this solution, it combines a number of things. So it combines passwordless, you're signing in without a password, you're using your mobile phone to actually scan the QR code and present information. And it's also using biometrics. So you're, you're scanning your face and it's comparing it to the information which is stored in the decentralized identity. So it's using two-factor authentication, it's using passwordless logins, it's using biometrics, I think I just said that, so it's two-factor authentication, which is much more secure than single-factor authentication. And to top it all off, decentralized identity is kind of a big utility or like cherry on the top, because the way of how decentralized identities work, it is much more reliable, much more consistent, and you actually have more control over the information you're sharing, and you can much more easily revoke access to your information where applicable.
Um, yeah, so so that's actually everything I wanted to cover. Uh, this technology is, you know, really cool. I am I'm quite interested in in digital identity now, and seeing you know how in the future we will be able to verify our identity, how will it work, um, what kind of new things can we expect. But yeah, um, if you do want to check out, I will include links in the in the description and so on. If you do have any questions about this, I would be happy, more than happy to talk about it. So feel free to reach out, uh, whether that's on Twitter or LinkedIn or Discord. Um, I would be happy to chat. But yeah, as always, thank you and goodbye.